0: This episode is brought to you by Blueprint Renovate Program, the program designed to create space in your firm to cultivate mindset change through what you do every day. Visit blueprinthq.com.au/slash contact to start the conversation. Welcome to the In Demand Accountant. I'm your host, Sam Dean. And I'm excited to have you here to explore efficient and effective frameworks for implementation of change so we can stay in demand, build business mastery, and meet any kind of disruption that comes to us. All notes and links can be found at blueprinthq.com.au forward slash podcasts. Enjoy the show and get curious on what we can do as an industry going forward. Hello everybody from wherever you are right now. I hope that you are enjoying yourself and having a great day or night as to whatever time of day it is. Today we're going to look at another characteristic of the in-demand accountant going forward and I think this is a really important one. It's probably one of the softer skills one around emotional intelligence and empathy. So come on, tell the truth. Who saw the topic of this podcast and maybe rolled their eyes a bit and went, Oh God. Um, I know that when I was doing a lot of leadership training, sort of, you know, the 10 to 15 years ago when this all became popular and these words, you know, sort of came into our life a bit, um, particularly emotional intelligence that, you know, I must admit that It was something I struggled with. I couldn't see the importance. I don't think I was overly clear on the actual definitions, and we're going to work on that today as well for everybody because I think, like, as I've spoken about words before, I think that that's something if we can get clear on the definition and why it's important to us as accountants. Um, One of the reasons I do what I do is I like to develop learnings and stuff for accountants that are developed by accountants and as you all know, I am one, and most of my team is one as well. So I think this is super important. So it's not going to be um, your normal emotional intelligence and empathy training. It's or um, I'm going to tell some story about why it becomes so important to me, and and why it's so important to us. But then also drill down a little bit pragmatically as to you know what it actually means, and and tips and tricks on how we can maybe put some of this into our everyday life. Emotional intelligence and empathy are both abilities; they are not uh, traits, which means that they can actually be learnt and developed. And I think that the two two areas that you would you continually do empathy is actually a part of emotional intelligence, but we drill down on that particularly because I think it's a particularly important for advisors. So let's get into it. Um, we're going to start with emotional intelligence. Now, emotional intelligence obviously deals with something that we sometimes aren't very comfortable with, particularly as experts and professionals. And we're not only just going to be talking about other people's emotions, but ours as well. So the definition of emotional intelligence, which has been, it was coined, I think in 1997. By a couple of American psychologists, John Mayer and Peter Salovey, is the emotionally intelligent person is skilled in four areas: identifying emotions, using emotions, understanding emotions, and regulating emotions. So, looking at that definition, why is it so important? Emotions are not something you know as experts that we're used to dealing with, and, and we also really understand though that. A lot of our work when we're trying to help people implement stuff is actually blocked by emotions. So the number one reasons I think that emotional intelligence and really starting to develop it both from a personal and obviously communication and social skills with your clients is that it's really just more efficient. First of all, we talk about your own emotions. If you can actually manage your own emotions and by this means, you can actually dismiss, ignore, or regulate any kind of unproductive ones when they're not not instrumental to what you're actually doing. You'd be just become more efficient. Also, if you can really get to know, you know, what's triggering you and what's going on. I know this is something that I've had to work on, and and, and still will continue to work on. Is that a lot of our energy is wasted in emotionals, emotional energy. Is wasted, you know, if we don't aren't self aware and being able to actually control our emotions. But particularly when we're meeting with clients or staff, and particularly at the moment when there's so much going on, and as leaders as well, we need to be able to actually control and maintain our emotions in some times. It's kind of like when the you know the plane's going down all this turbulence and everyone looks at the hostie, and as long as she's calm everyone's calm so she's got the lots of emotional intelligence to be calm at that point It's exactly the same thing so this is emotional intelligence is what helps us develop you know that ability to be self aware and it's just efficient the second you know looking at emotional intelligence and why it's more efficient for us is that you know you're able to control and read other people's emotions And you can then read situations. So when you're actually in a meeting and something goes wrong or there's emotions involved, you can actually either see it coming or you can be aware of it and then you can explore and go through it. And we'll talk about this a little bit deeper soon. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, going forward, you know, thinking about myself is that how many succession plans and stuff I've done in the past and... You know, When I started really developing these skills, I was able to get to the emotion and behind the behavior of some of the succession plans that I was brought into a lot faster and actually understand what was going on because usually in, in sort of family facilitation stuff or any kind of negotiations or conversation around that, it is actually the emotions, the underlying emotions, and if you don't get to them you won't have success or the results aren't great or, you know, we end up in court or whatever that is. And I know from experience that a lot of the stuff that blocks people's decision-making processes are around emotions. So emotional intelligence as an advisor becomes extremely important and it's one of the key skills that we need to develop. So what are some of the actual emotional intelligence skills that you need We've talked about a few of these in the past. There's three essential ones. They are listening to others, very important, as we've discussed in previous podcasts, facilitating thoughts and understanding other people's perspective. And we're going to go deeper into this with the empathy section as well. So let's look at these individually and look at a couple of examples of how we actually might be able to use them in our professional and our working relationships. And how you can develop these skills a little bit more. First of all, you know, listening to others. I think this is super important. And a good example of listening to others is when you're workshopping or you're working in your accounting firms, and I see this a lot, and you'll have one or two people who might dominate the conversation, and then quite a few people because of the way some of our personalities work, who are more quietly spoken. And if you don't really sort of let everybody listen to each other those people tend to go unheard so that they then they might start either building resentment or they might stop actually contributing ideas so if you're working this and you're seeing a group and you're not getting equal contribution into it maybe by suggesting that people listen quietly to one another and then everyone gets given the floor then you can actually, you'll be demonstrating emotional intelligence, particularly around the listening bit. So this is super effective if you're working with clients or with anybody really, even teenage boys, as I found out, to really look at it just suggest. You can actually avoid emotions too if you can actually start your meeting that way and just make sure that everyone is actually listening to one another. Facilitating thought is the next one. And sometimes in our jobs, we actually, and quite often now, particularly at the moment, we actually have to do and be in conversations that aren't pleasant or people that don't actually want to hear. And also people are feeling a bit uncomfortable and a bit scared at the moment as well. So if you can attend to and detect people's emotions, you can adapt your communication and how you actually do it. To really sort of ask questions and, you know, maybe ask how they're doing, whether they're all right, even if you need to chat about something else apart from what you are for a moment or two before you get in. So really get that connection going and tending to their other emotions that might not even be linked to what you're going to discuss with them. You can really get some benefit from that as well. And the last one is really understanding the other person's perceptive, And a good example for this is, and I've been both the receiver and the E on this, is, you know, if someone's really super busy and they're under a lot of stress, and certainly a lot of people are at the moment, you drop a file off to them that you've worked really hard on and you basically, they go, yeah, thank you very much, or they don't even say anything, yeah, great, you know, don't even say anything at all or don't give you any kind of feedback. You may, you know, come out of that and go, well, you know, I've worked really hard on that. They don't care. You know, they're in a mood. You know, it's all about me or or whatever that is. So if you can sort of sit back and put yourself in their shoes for a moment and go, okay, well, they're super busy. Everything's happened. Obviously, just under stress. And then check back in with that person later on and go, hey, are you okay? You were a bit abrupt before. You're not usually like that or whatever the case may be and really then stand in their shoes. So you've then diffused your emotions then. You've um, been able to become aware that you were getting annoyed and then put yourself in the other person's perspective to maybe defuse that a little bit both from your point of view and that. And then you ended up not getting annoyed at that person and then you've also helped and supported them. Quick recap. Listen to others. See if you can facilitate thought outside the emotions and really get to understand up our- other's perspective when we get into them. And as I said, we'll work on some of the other empathy skills that go around that as well. So just a quick tips and tricks on how you can actually develop these skills that we just discussed. So number one, work on your self-awareness, so be mindful. Being mindful is the key to this exercise and it's actually remarkably easy. So. What I've learned is to take a bit of a time at the end of the day, just a couple of minutes to really go through some of my reactions to the day. I'm quite a reactive person by nature, so it's really been great to me to actually, you know, step through and say why did I react to that and get to the underlying emotions. You know, sometimes you get really angry at something but it's actually not an ang- it's not angry and um, if you, you know, explore it, you could be really well self-aware. And then the self-reflection, the mindfulness of it then going through the day, the next day, um, you can pick that up so you don't actually waste that emotional energy I was talking about earlier. The next one is actually reframing your perceptions. So what I mean by that is that we always look at conflicts with others as problems that relate to our frame of reference. For example, reframing is what we do when we switch from a glass half empty mindset into a glass half full one. So when we're developing our emotional intelligence, we can take this internal process and apply it to our interactions with others. So an example of this, a personal example that I can give you of this, you know, I used to always take feedback from others quite dramatically, shall we say, that I viewed it as a criticism, you know, that I took it as a failing on my behalf and, you know, rather than an opportunity to learn. So now every time I get feedback or I actually ask for feedback because without feedback, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know, constantly curiously asking clients, peers, staff, you know, what could I do better has really changed and accelerated my growth, particularly around the emotional intelligence but five, ten years ago, I couldn't, you know, even getting a review back used to upset me greatly. So um, i really worked on that. And it's made me a lot more relaxed and really enjoy feedback. Just a word to fly the there, though. Make sure you always take feedback from people that you respect and you want feedback from, too, by the way. Sometimes feedback can be just criticism, so it's important to know the difference. But it is really, feedback is essential, and by flipping my own perspective and my own frame of reference on it, it became a powerful tool, you know, for my growth and development as an advisor. So number three is become very aware of your emotional triggers. Really understand what it is that triggers you off. This is when you use the self-reflection exercise um, mentioned earlier so if you know that somebody's and the way that they actually communicate you in maybe the frank way triggers you then look at how you might be able to interact them and adjust your behaviors accordingly when you do have to actually interact them maybe become less defensive when it's order the interactions with these style people are unavoidable also if something if somebody does trigger you and you can avoid them just avoid them so you don't actually have to get there. As long as it's actually, you know, relevant to do that. The last one, and I do find, and I can say this because I am a woman, that women aren't as strong with men is, is recognize and celebrate your positive emotions. So really recognize and taking the time out to experience it. Now this doesn't mean going on a tropical holiday. It could be recalling during the day happy thoughts, expressing your gratitude to others. The more positive emotions you can put in the day, the more resilient you'll be when negatively does occur and the better you are equipped, the most the stronger your emotional intelligence will be. One of the underlying key elements of emotional intelligence is empathy and the reason why I focus on it is it was this skill that gave me the most trouble and also gave me the biggest bang for your buck, because I found a lot of that. The other one sort of rolled off it, if you like, for myself. And I think it's one of the elements of it that is probably most confused because, of again, of the definition. So first of all, I want to just give you a quick definition of what empathy is, because it's really important to develop an understanding of the meaning of it. So empathy is connecting with people so you know, so that we know that we're not alone when we're in struggle. It is a way to connect to the emotion of the other person is experienced, but it does not actually require that you experience the same situation. So most of us have experienced all of the emotions, so we can usually link in with somebody's emotions. And this is why it is actually such a difficult thing to do because we don't Want to confront some of those emotions. But it's very difficult to have, you know, everyone has a different life experience of being in different situations. So you, you might not be able to actually relate to the actual situation or what they've been through. And frankly, you shouldn't try to because everyone's situation is different and everyone responds differently. But you can sit in other people's shoes by sitting with them in the emotions because we've all faced most emotions um, during our lives. I just also want to drill down a little bit on the difference between empathy and sympathy. An author and speaker who has helped me develop this strength in empathy is Dr. Brene Brown. I strongly recommend if you want to delve more into this work that you follow her. So sympathy and empathy are often confused, but sympathy is I feel bad for you. Empathy is I feel with you. So sympathy can actually make someone feel more alone, whereas empathy makes us more connected. Empathy is a practice that can grow over time and just you just need to really develop the muscle. So the more I learn about the empathy, the more I understand what a complex skill set it actually is. However, we can really look at taking some steps that are less complicated to really start developing this. So I'm just going to run you through a few. So to really develop empathy, look at doing these next things, which everybody can do. One is be kind. Just approach everything with a element of kindness throughout the conversation or whatever you're in. Be curious. Explore why they're feeling like that. Don't offer any solutions. Just be curious and keep going. You don't need to fix people's problems or make people feel better, connecting and listening is super powerful. Try to understand what the people is feeling, not what you might feel in the same situation, but what they're feeling. So get curious in their feelings. Help people to know that they are not alone in their feelings. Even if you've never experienced what they're actually going through, you will know and you might know that you're feeling. Let people know that you are grateful that they've shared with you, with conversations such as, thank you so much for sharing that with that. I feel very trusted and honoured that you would share that with me. Just a quick recap on those. Be kind, curious, don't fix problems. Try to understand the feeling the person is having, stand with them and tell them they're not alone and be grateful and let people know. So as I said before, empathy is a, a complex skills, and there are some common ways to actually get it wrong. So I'm going to just give you a bit of a tip, tips around a couple of those, which I do see and I have done myself I, in our day-to-day, in as experts and accountants. I think our biggest empathy miss as experts, and I certainly have been guilty of this in my past, is when sometimes people make mistakes or come to us with a disaster and you know for us it's fairly obvious or we don't understand what happened particularly with clients who don't necessarily understand tax or anything like that or particularly bookkeeping and we may not say it but we think you know why wouldn't have you done that or why don't you understand that or anything so very much you know I can't believe you did that type of reaction and I found even when I was getting a bit better at that even if I thought it the body language and everything. Came with it. So remember, empathy is sitting in the other's shoes. So if they're confused or frustrated or scared of something, think of it that way, not as to what they actually did, which we can't believe that they actually did. So that's one of the biggest empathy misses I think we see. Another one is the, you know, that if you've got somebody particularly who does a really great job all the time and then, you know, how the mighty fall and, you know, if I I just never expected that from you. or I didn't think that you would ever be someone who didn't do well or, you know, what happened if people are going through a rough time or something like that. Again, that's a big miss. That's not what they need at that time. They need support. And another one I think we do is, oh, if you think that's bad. So if someone's coming to you with a $50,000 tax debt or something like that, which in their terms is just terrible or horrible or they haven't paid it or some catastrophe thing and you go, well, if you thing's that bad, last week I had a client with a 100000 or whatever. That is an empathy mix. You're not sitting in their situation. Their situation might be, you know, from their point of view, much, you know, everyone's situation is their situation. So, you know, try to avoid those ones. And then the empathy one, which is I feel sorry for you, I get it, I feel with you, you know, rather than I get it, I feel with you and I've been that or, you know, I've done Felt similar things maybe in different situations. So, you know, sympathy is a disconnecting thing. Empathy is a connecting thing. And if you can just even keep that in your mind when you're starting out on this journey, that would be super valuable. So remember, there's no right or wrong way when it comes to giving and receiving empathy. Like everything, it's just practicing and most importantly, show up. For me, I my personal tips are, It's just even if you don't know what to do, stop and listen and just show up. You will mess up, but just keep practicing and circle back. You know, the other day I did something from an empathetic point of view, which wasn't appropriate with a staff member. I thought about it afterwards. You know, we were really busy trying to get a webinar out, and it just she'd stuffed up, and and something had happened that I wasn't at my empathetic best. But after all of that had finished, I circled back to it, and said, I'm really, really sorry. Let's sit with this for a while and move on. So while it wasn't ideal that it happened in the first place, circling back to it after reflection and having some rehearsal can then mend the broken fences. So, you know, just, just remember that. Even if you do mess up, circle back, always be reflective and, um, move on. So just to summarize very quickly, emotional intelligence and empathy. Two major characteristics of the in-demand accountant going forward. They help you in, you know, that real mindset shift that we all need from that expert to advisory. They sort of underlie, underlie those. They're both abilities, not traits. So you can work on this. I know, thank God you can because I've worked over, over many years and I will continue to do so. And they are skills that you just continually flex as you go forward. But I you know, must say that without the emotional intelligence work and then later on the the deeper work into empathy, I just wouldn't be sitting where I am today and I wouldn't be connecting it. And while some of this stuff that we do is super uncomfortable, it gives you the framework to actually be super comfortable around it. And it gives you the skills then to go forward and to confidently do it. And I can tell you the feedback we get from our clients, you know, and I've got from my clients. Is unparalleled in the joy I get from solving some problems just with these skills that I've learned and undoing people's feelings. People will always remember how they feel, not exactly, you know, what actually happened. So if you can move their bad feelings into good feelings or at least make them feel safe within their bad feelings, they will always remember that. So learn these skills well. And as I said, these are skills that develop over time. They're muscles. So keep working on it it is really worth the effort. So as usual, be brave and continue the conversation and I'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. To check out more information on all things Sam Dean and Blueprint, go to the website blueprinthq.com.au and remember, continue the conversation and be brave. See you next time.